Welcome to Cast of Creators. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Thal. And I'm Casey Stewart. We've spent our careers in media and publishing, and now we're setting the stage for creative people who inspire us to share their stories. Cast of Creators is presented by our new social browser called Hover. Hover makes browsing fun. You can follow people and your favorite sites to discover and discuss the web all in one place. Download Hover. That's HVR in the App Store or Play Store. Our guests today are Chrissy and Marie, a UFO expert with a history in PR and pop culture historian. Together, they co-host a podcast called Alt-Pop Repeat. We talk about everything from outer space to counterculture to cancel culture and how social media has changed. And let me just tell you, this episode is spicy. Chrissy, Marie, welcome. Hi. Cast of Creators. Awesome to have you both here. So it's always exciting. exciting to do an evening show. Yes. When we've got two guests. It's called Cast of Creators it's a After wine. Dark. Got yeah. wine. So <laughs> totally. it's a pleasure to have you both here. Yeah. And I know that you both everyone has to take a sip. This is mandatory. <laughs> we will. I know that you both go back with Casey pretty uh yes. far. Yeah. Very far. And um I'm interested in knowing a little bit more about how you girls all know each other. Oh, oh well, where do you want well, to start? Well, that's up to you. you. <laughs> Should we start with like 15 um, years ago? Chrissy and I have known each other. Um, I mean, I've had my blog for 17 years, so I'd probably say almost 15 years. I've known you yeah. um, and Chrissy's company vocab, um, vocab communications had all kinds of events, PR things. That was back in the day when. There were no influencers. It was just the bloggers, the blog gang. There wasn't that many of us. And we used to go to media events and you had an amazing lounge every year at TIFF that was always so fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm like MMBAs, but yes, yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. there's so many of them. That was the time of gifting lounges. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, yeah, since I started Vocab Communications, Almost about, gosh, it's been going on 14 years now. Wow. I knew you before that, I believe. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long time. I'm it like, so from been. like doing the stuff that we're doing in PR and then now like Marie and I've like shifted over into the creator space too. It's yeah. like, I'm kind of like blending my worlds together. And now it's like a, a new version of, I think it's 2.0 Newton. 3.0. Yeah. 3.0. 7.0. Evolution 106. You do live in the future, so I do, that's yeah, completely fine. If you listen to my other podcasts, you would know that. <laughs> so, so 14 years ago when you started Vocab, yep. how was the industry and how was what you were doing day to day different from today? Oh, gosh, it was so different. Like there was no influencers. Mm -mm. There was like just bloggers. There was no. And there was only like a handful. We all knew each other. Like there was like the blog gang. That's of people, it. Like and there was Twitter. Yeah. And that was like really about it. And YouTube. Yeah. Twitter and YouTube. YouTube was growing in that space. Mm -hmm. And then Marie, I'll say with the live streaming, but I'll let you talk about that. That's your yeah. that's your shtick. But everyone kind of was living in this space. And I started vocab communications when I was 25. And so I was just meeting all these people that were my age. All of us were really hungry to grow. We wanted to do more. I was really like eager to grow my business and start like networking. So I was out all the time. Like all I was throwing events. Yeah. Like throwing events or like doing anything in that space, going to media events, networking with people. So it made sense. And I think I met you when you were working at MTV, much oh, music yeah, yeah. at that time. And that's when 
all of this started to to kind of blossom and then our relationship as friendship yeah. started blossoming. Yeah. yeah. So That's traditionally, totally. PR sat sort of between brands and just the major publications like newspapers and, and TV. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then the online game was growing, but it was just online articles at that point in time. Yeah. OK, so at this so 14 years ago, basically, you're starting to see these smaller blogs come into the mix and your focus is now not only just on major publishers, but also getting somebody's message out through bloggers like and independent publishers. independent publishers. For sure. So it's the start of this sort of cultivation of a new tribe of people. Oh, yeah. And there's a whole new tribe now. Yeah. I look yeah. 100%. I've been watching that evolution, too, where I'm like, who are some of these younger ones? Like I literally said to Marie, I, like when we were walking over here together. I said, you know, it's not clubs anymore. I said, all the young people are doing podcasts and they're like talking about sex and stuff. And that's what they're doing in Toronto. Because yeah. like there's so many in this like younger generation in their 20s that are doing all these shows and they're massive too. And they start out yeah. like they don't, you know, all of us had jobs and then our social was like a side hustle or a blog. I mean, blog, yeah. some of us blogs became our job and whatever. But, you know, a lot of people now are they go into influencer like that's their like start out career job yeah which mm -hmm. is a total flip from what it used to be totally oh yeah a totally different thing my yeah. job was to explain to brands what influencers were like what they yeah. were and who people were and why they were important I mean, and arguably why i think that was like casey and i's job as well for a very long time <laughs> where they're like well what is this what is this twitter yeah. thing and we're like okay let's, yeah. let's start from the beginning and so there's like a level of handholding happening so early on that just doesn't exist anymore. Now it's baked in. People have an expectation yeah. that when they have a brand that's going live, that they need to have influencers. They need to have a social plan of some degree. They need to be on at least two out of the, the platforms. And conversations are um, being led by clients where in many cases they're suggesting platforms that they want to be on, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Beginning, it was like, you got to be on Twitter. This is how we're going to do your brand voice, yeah. et cetera. And then now it's, so should, should we be on TikTok? Yeah. Should we be on? And I'm like, well, I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, back then, I remember it was, you know, it was like pulling teeth sometimes for people to say, yeah. why should we pay you to do something on Twitter? Twitter's free. Or <laughs> why should we pay you to do something? I'm like, do you know how long it takes for me to go to your event, do yeah. the thing, edit the photos, oh, yeah. write the post, do the thing? Like, this yes. is work. And just explaining that having a blog and doing social media was work. So I feel like a lot of the um, you know, as an OG, I mean, for the people who are doing it now, like we really laid a lot of the groundwork for what setting standards for like getting paid for things that were based on your own, your own self as a media, you know, entity. It, yeah. it, it didn't exist. No, it didn't exist. And it's it's so crazy because I was thinking about it the other day. It's like all the lists. Remember when Twitter first happened, we were all chatting and we're all like, we all were being followed by like crazy, like Britney Spears follows me. Yeah. The Beastie Boys follow Obama me. Andrew Dobby. <laughs> no, exactly. Like nice. There's, there's like legitimate individuals that were coming Justin into the Justin Bieber follows me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that before Haley or yeah, after? Before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's something there we need to talk about. So I'm, what we should talk about is um, the very interesting story of... Marie and my history. I mean, it's a beautiful story. I mean, who's it, it is a it starts. It's a it's actually a great story with a great yeah. ending. Um, yeah. To, who wants to start? <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is again, we're going into eating the popcorn. 
then she was like, the tea is about to swirl. Is it going? Ready. Ready. <laughs> well, Today is the day. Today is the day. And if he this listens to this, eat your heart out. <laughs> he, he's not going to listen. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> never know. He who shall not be named. Exactly. Um, Casey and I were at some point we dated Voldemort <laughs> at just very different times. <laughs> yeah, you know, tall, kind of dangerous, somehow very charismatic, mm. had a way about him. The didn't, mm. but also something about him was just not quite right. But mm-hmm. um, the thing was, is that Casey, it's just we overlapped. Yeah, like I know? had been dating him and. He was like, oh, I'm going to a wedding with my friend Marie. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, whatever. I ironed his suit. I was like, go have fun. A little while later, it was like we were done and they were dating. Yeah, it was it was very it was a funny little thing because I I questioned him about that, too. I was Mm -hmm. like, "Okay, what's going on? Mm Because he's like, I'm going to go to Casey's birthday party. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, "Okay, that's fun. Like, have a good time. And I was like, we've been dating for a little while. Like, why am I not? Why? Like, it's why am I not me and Casey? Like, you guys seem to be pretty close. I never clued in, never clicked. Yeah. How long I was I eventually married him. Probably was not the (laughs) the best decision. Um, Casey and I estranged like we yeah. and we didn't we weren't like we Close. I mean you have blocked me on Twitter I it mean, was and, but it was like we weren't who hasn't been blocked at Twitter I mean, anybody let's be honest and we weren't we you know, were been blocked and <laughs> and um we weren't at like at all it was just no. we, I think we tried for a little yeah, bit just, and then it just wasn't sticking because it was it was fiery it was fiery and then um, we separated, me and my ex, we parted ways. And then um, the thing was, is that I'm friends with Chrissy. I'm friends with, we have so many have mutual friends. Mutual yeah. friends. And in the end, it was just simply, you know, let's just like, let's just air this out. Let's see where we went wrong. What is, is, is there a potential there for us to have friendship? Because if there is, what a fantastic story yeah. <laughs> where we got rid of the guy yeah and but we, we kept each friends. other yeah, yeah exactly and um and on one magical cares. day during yeah. the pandemic we met on a patio in yorkville for a cocktail oh this and is recent a yeah recent. yeah 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 and we oh, we talked so we laughed we threw back a couple of drinks we talked about him and all kinds of things and the rest is history how about that so, so was how beautiful. long was he able to do the crossfit <laughs> You like know what? Crossfade. Crossfade. That, is a, that is a bit of a mystery. I don't know. It's the mystery of it all. It's the question is we probably could figure it out, but at this what's point, what's the point? What's the point? Oh, like, well, if you don't, point. yeah, you don't have to dive into it. But let's yeah, not go. About, let's go. We're forward. not talking about a two-year crossfade. Oh no, no, I don't no, think no, no, so. No. This was like, I mean, I, I said weeks, months, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Oh, I think so. I don't was, know. I feel like it was, it was. It, I always floated around like a six-month mark. Oh, geez, it was that long. It might have been. I was I pressing. Just you <laughs> pressed a bunch of suits. Shit, I really got You're pressing suits for six months. Well, <laughs> had, had I known what well, was happening, he's the think, one who got played now. Yeah, let's be sucker. honest. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, he would have known. Does that make, are we, is that Eskimo sisters? Is that what we are? Is that the I've term? I've never heard that term. I think that's what it's called. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't even heard that before. Well, it's a term. Look it up. A, that's a term for mm. Urban Dictionary. I'll make sure to add that to the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mom's going to be like, I didn't know this. No, I know. Yeah. You know, better make sure that term's all above board. <laughs> we got to let the children. Oh my God, it's okay. Yeah. This podcast has a, a rating where it's for adults yeah. <laughs> that's how it's probably for the best for all of us so i mean that's how we met yeah. 
And then separately, we just yeah. kind of got involved in our on our own paths. Well, you never had really any problems with each other. No, no, we didn't even know each other. No, we no, we really knew. love and like she had a blog and I had a blog and like and it was a it was a formative time in the city where we we're all trying to find our identities and. I found a, and then for a while it just kind of got through like everybody else that we were working with kind of understood that there was Casey and Marie. Yeah. And and I feel like it created a feud that never needed to necessarily I be agree. there. So you were blogging at the time. Yeah, I had a blog called Karma Cake. That was also Cake. Yeah. In the, yeah. It was the Global Mail and yeah. National Still Post that quoted you as like the, the top blog. Yeah, what was yeah. what did they call you? Yeah. The uh, what is the top? Zoe, Zoe Deschanel of blogging. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, like, yes, obviously. I mean, it's way. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did. Of blogging. That's, That's a cute. huge honor. She yeah. was massive. Well, Zoe Deschanel too. never followed me as a result. So, I mean, really. That's her mm. fault. That's her loss. That's her fault. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I did that for a while. And then I translated that into a live streaming project called Nata Marie. And we were the first live streaming talk show. So we cool. had before all of this equipment, you were able to connect it up to your computers and, and go live with and record. We did all the technology ourselves. So we created yeah, our own. Um, it's only been made easy, like in the last couple of years, thanks to esports. Exactly. And we were doing this uh, 2010. Um, and that was at the time you had Ustream, Livestream. Those were mm. your two options. And then Daily Motion got in the game and Daily Motion sponsored us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. So we ended up, um, our thing was talking about digital culture and internet trends, which moved into like, it set me up perfectly because I'm a pop culture historian. So that was just a nice part of it. And we got an opportunity to interview everybody that was creating um, viral content online. So we had everyone from Epic Mealtime. They got a million mm-hmm. viewers or million subscribers. I'm sorry, when they were on our show, we had George Trombolopoulos. People are asking to be on our show, which was really nice. So we got to travel and we worked with Reddit in New York. Um, we were able to find the formula for how videos go viral. And we were able to translate that into a project for two girls called Lennon and Maisie. They ended up with a show, um, Nashville. They were the two daughters on it. Okay. Lennon Stela has gone off and have a huge recording career. She's on the Game of Thrones th- soundtrack. Wow. And yeah, so we, we turned into this like whole other thing where we'd really learned about the mechanics of the internet. And you um, were so advanced for your time then, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, but nobody yeah. really watched it because at the time, well, appointment watched viewing, it. But I it, mean, I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I think it people was, watched it. It's just that you were so advanced for your time. It was it was a little ahead of the uh, the the time. Yeah. And later on, I found out that there is a show that was being produced a few years after us in New York from the um, upright was it upright C- Citizens Brigade, and it was called what was it uh, John Geller Ian Geller? I have to look it up, but he. It's the same. It's our show. Yeah. So I watched it the other day because obviously I have a crush on Jason Manzoukas, obviously. And I'm <laughs> I'm watching it and I was like, this is our show. It's the way that it was set up, the way the segments were in front of the live audience with the person who's doing the. Oh, you um, had a li- You didn't have a live audience. Yeah, we yeah. had people can oh, come by anytime. Audience. Yeah, the door was open. We broadcasted every Wednesday. And if people wanted to come by and watch, did they? When we had regulars, and then come by and just watch the show. Oh, that's fun! Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. And then, uh, but it was difficult to make money at it because at the time, appointment oh, yeah. viewing was not the thing. Everyone was like, 
Everybody's still watching cable. Well, no, everybody was like streaming, streaming. It was like, oh, I can go onto YouTube and I can watch whatever. I can go onto Netflix, watch the show whenever I want to watch it. I don't need to tune in. Why would I tune into a show at eight o'clock? And we're like, because it's fully interactive. Well, and Facebook was just still like there wasn't that much social media. It was so early. Life is tough, though, because of that. Yeah. And also social media at that time. Like, I mean, I started at Much Music and MTV in like 2009. And I was the first person they ever hired for social. Yeah. But at that time was still like social media hadn't really like Twitter was emerging as like something. But I mean, I still got made fun of at that time for being like, oh, Twitter loser. Like people who weren't on the Internet were like, oh, you're new nerd friends. I was like, actually, these people are really cool. And a lot of yeah. people I'm still friends with now. You'll because, be on there soon. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. Yeah. My other friends were like, you and your Twitter nerds. I was like, oh, oh, I got it, too. Yeah. yeah like yeah. these people are cooler than you. You're really yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, yeah. guess who inherited the earth? Nerds. <laughs> oh, like, okay, go. Let me, like, go take my $100 bills and cry myself to sleep. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You're past them. Oh, <laughs> I don't have any tissues. I just, Canadian, let me just say, Canadian currency is terrible for wiping your tears with. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else, wiping something else. <laughs> no, money is good. I will not disrespect, disrespect currency. I'm just saying that Canadian bills are plastic. You can wash it, so it may not be so bad for That's that. That's true. You've got to screw it. No, next pandemic. Yeah, yeah. actually, no. We're the mechanics of wiping your tears though. with Canadian yeah. money. Yeah, American money, great. It has paper in it. It has yeah. yeah. It's tough to wash, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you're going to reuse that. But, but yeah. you can launder it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can launder it. <laughs> so and there's still, there's workarounds. I love it. So, yeah, that's kind of like our beautiful. And then through Nana Marie, that's how Chrissy and I met. Yeah, I knew her co-host really well. And her co-host was dating uh, friends of mine who I knew from like Mike Celia um, I'm forgetting the other she two. She was dating Jeff. friends or a friend? Dating, well, no. <laughs> I know, imagine. I know. That's like, Wait, what, well, Chrissy, well, what are you doing to me? <laughs> no, she was dating um, Jeff, one of the companion no, brothers. Matt. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Jeff. Wow. She was dating a triple crossfade. I knew knew Jeff. (laughs) Put it this way: there were two brothers that were filmmakers that made a really great film, and I was introduced to them through another friend of ours, Mike Celia. Anyway, long story short, Marie and I met uh, because of Nat, and I helped them one time during TIFF because they were like, "Chrissy, we want to do some TIFF events," and I was always doing carpets or doing something else. So I said, "Sure." So I put them on my roster with my other clients and then just RSVP'd with them for to go to events and stuff. Um, so then that's how I met Nat. And then <laughs> do we tell the other part? <laughs> Which is the other part? Well, how yeah, we the really good part, met? The real good part. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> we, no, about how we really met, but how we ended up reconnecting again. Oh, yeah, because we were going through breakups. <laughs> exactly. Bring it back in. I know. Mm-hmm. It's always about men. Look, if I... <laughs> If if I am dating your boyfriend, <laughs> we will end up becoming friends at some point. Mm-hmm. This is why it's full circle. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> a simultaneous breakup though is a good way to um, connect. Well, we ended up chatting. On, so social media brought us together again because mm-hmm. we were on Facebook and we ended up in each other's chat and and like a Lena hi in <laughs> the chat <laughs> taking photos um, and taking uh, anyway we were chatting and then we were like hey let's go for a drink so we went out for a drink and then I said to Marie I was like I've been in the back of my head been wanting to do a podcast for like years and it was like trickling back there 
And I was like, she would be the only other person that would know how to do a podcast. Yeah. So she came over one night and we brainstormed and then all pop repeat was, bu- was born. Was born. Yeah. Was born. But um, yeah, that's kind of. And then we just, I, I got my groove back and Chrissy yeah, got into got the groove. groove yeah. <laughs> Not like groove as in producing again. And yeah, it yeah. was just like, we got yeah. back into it and it's been a lot of fun. And it's. Yeah. When was that? That was 2019, 2018. 2018. Okay, cool. Because yeah. we went to LA 2019, yeah. August. I remember seeing I remember. that and I was like, ooh, what are yeah. these ladies doing? So your yeah. podcast is called All Pop Repeat. Yes. Um, t- t- tell us about it. Pitch. It's uh, how counter the pitch. No, no, the like, pitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like, wow, well, you got a podcast. This turned into crazy. I'm like, all right. Um, it's uh, how counterculture uh, and pop culture. It's counterculture and alternative culture turn into pop culture, or how we use something called a sync. Oh, so it ha- okay. syncs up. So what are like the catalyst moments throughout history that uh, counterculture or mainstream or sorry, alternative culture has become mainstream? So like counterculture's are cannabis, drag. Uh, the LGBTQ movement, hip hop, hip hop, big one. Mm. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. yeah. They're like cornerstone, Punk. they're cornerstones to pop culture. Yeah. And we look at the roots of it. And typically, what we really, what we found is that they are deeply embedded in various alternative and countercultures. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, there is that, like Chrissy said, the catalyst that really pushes it into the mainstream. And that is, it's a really interesting space to study. So, I mean, originally we were going to be talking about like <laughs> how how all these concepts of spirituality yeah. have turned into pop culture phenomenon now. Yeah. But once we started producing it and we started bringing people onto the show, the natural evolution was just to really talk about mainstream and pop culture, which for me is like great because I'm I'm sitting there studying it all the time anyway. Um so instead of it being more of like the passion project of I love witchcraft and all these other, <laughs> yeah. other witchcraft and UFOs, witchcraft and UFOs, <laughs> it turned into all about pop culture. Yeah. But like you, we can tell you crazy things about like any any pop culture. If you need a trip, if you need a ringer at a trivia night. Oh, I love trivia. Do you kill it at Jeopardy or what? I mean, yeah, actually, I love Jeopardy. Trivia. I watch it almost that every night. Be, that would be do what? a pop culture Jeopardy. <laughs> no. See, do you really? How do you? Yeah, do I do yeah. watch. If I'm home, I watch Jeopardy my whole life. If I'm home do at seven thirty, I do like my cooking, making dinner from seven to eight, where I watch Wheel and Jeopardy almost every night. I love this, and I almost watch Young and Restless every day too. <laughs> I'm, That's amazing. I'm 100 years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? If you Surprise added you it, you're living in a specific time. era. <laughs> I living gotta like, go, guys. It's I think you're living bad. like 80s, 90s. <laughs> I mean, if you have it's some okay. murder she wrote in there. Some oh, I love. Yeah. I mean, I also do the roundup of CSI, um, Criminal Minds, FBI, mm-hmm. any of those shows. I spend a lot of time at home. Are you? Do you really like? Well, yes. Crime. We all do. True crime, yeah. Are you really? True crime. Give me a good murder. Love it. Especially if it's <laughs> Are a you serial killer. Are you stuff like that too? I'm not a true crime fan. I no. love a serial killer. I can't even murder. watch that new, <laughs> what is it called? The movie that everyone on Netflix is watching right Dahmer? now? I can't watch it. I watched no. 20 I had minutes to do it and in I was sessions. Like, it was, it was it's too much. It was it's too intense. Yeah. I have it not. Intense. Yeah. I really enjoy Niecy Nash. She's one of my favorites mm. just in general. Um, Cheers. But I haven't gotten around to watching it because I... There's something about it that makes me feel creepy. Not in a good way, though. No, no. I, I'm telling you right now, like, I've watched pretty much every murder show. And, like, Dahmer was one I had to do. I'd be like, I cannot watch another episode. I can't go to bed. I was like, we need to stop. 
I yeah. was like, okay, like, it's I mean, I, it's too much. It's so, the way his, he's such a good actor and this is how the story is portrayed. It's just creepy. It makes like your skin crawl. It's it the is, whole point of the thing. It worked. And it was, it made me have like it, yeah. you know, a, you know, a sign mm-hmm. of a good show, TV movie, entertainment is like, it makes you have a feeling and it's it, too like, real. It, it was too mm-hmm. much. And I, I had to do it in, um, definitely not a binge watch. <laughs> No. no, no. Anybody who did, I'm like, I question I'm like sanity a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you're sure. creepy. If you, I just can't. I don't want to go to bed. It's like that saying. They're like, you know, don't trust a woman or a man or anybody that goes to bed after they watch serial killer movies or documentaries. I thought you were just don't trust anybody that goes to bed. I'm like, that's murder territory. I did enjoy that yeah. was sort of tiptoeing in that direction was Dexter. The original mm, yeah. Dexter. I, I think watched, I watched a couple. I watched episodes. a chunk of that. Yeah, but now I find with a daughter, my wife is very like PG content. Yeah, Talia Just, doesn't Talia like does anything not. murdery. That's no. fair. Um, Nothing I don't scary. Care. Watch any of that. I watch a lot of like how to and educational stuff I watch, for me. I'm, I'm like always Lexi, diving into. I watch Lex Friedman. That's yeah, what, that's how we say Lexi. Yeah, Lex, I, Sexy I, I, Lexi I watch a bit boyfriend. of Lex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Huge Lex Friedman fan. Do you watch the Primitive Technology? No. Oh, well, no. if you wanted to riff on your how-to. I will. Uh, go into YouTube, look up Primitive Technology. Okay. And it's it's a gentleman, it's a group of, of individuals. They're all around the world. And what they do is they make things using primitive technology. So they literally will go into the woods. They'll go into a remote oh. area and they'll say, hmm, let's build a little summer house with a swimming pool. Great. And they they just go in. It's just them and their two hands and they make all these wonderful things. I love that. I lived yeah, in the woods that. for a year and like, I mean, I feel like I turned into a forest lady when I lived there. It was, it was You a really good forest sprite. I could see yeah, you. Yeah, I was, I, I was like growing stuff. I was propagating. Nice. I was like dyeing clothes with the skins of onions and turmeric. I, mean, I was a beautiful nice. color. I was, we didn't have a lot of supplies because it was in the pandemic. So I was like, my theme for the year was like, use what you got. So I really used everything that we had and the supplies we had on hand. I'm really proud of myself for it. I mean, it re- really was a dream to do that. Nice. <laughs> it is something about it is so satisfying. I'm sure that you it really opened your eyes at what was yeah. possible with very little. I mean, you can, you can do almost anything yeah. and have whatever it is you want if you're able to invest the time and effort into doing it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you have the time. Me, yeah. It helps yeah, reframe. Exactly. My outlook on things that like you don't need as much like consuming things and like it helped me be more savvy about things and like even clothes that I had that I planned to um, donate. I couldn't donate them at the time. So I cut them up into scrunchies and I made scrunchies and I sent them to my friends in the mail, you know, and like I I just I I got back into sewing and it's like I did all these things that, you know, I used to do with my mom and my dad when I was a kid that I hadn't done in so long because I was always technology are always on the go and it helped yeah. me slow down nice yeah. see it's like yeah. a woman You'd be surprised what a pandemic moving to muskoka will do to you some time it's fantastic yeah. in a way it's true yeah. it gives you some time to like, like i mean all i did was just eat snacks gain weight and not shower like that was my <laughs> pandemic my, I we were podcasting and I was creating. I was teaching yeah. myself how to edit and like oh, yeah. I was creating like I was working with the debrief. I started working yeah. with another website and just started to build with them with a group of guys from all over the world. And like we now we're doing it. We're going on three years now together as a company. Wow, yeah, it's crazy. And that it's me. Our audience is mainly in the states, but cool. it's um it's been like that it was a and I literally would stay up till midnight 
because I didn't want to watch TV. I was bored. I was like, I'm going to I met this group of guys. We all liked UFOs, but we all like science, tech and defense. And they're like amazing journalists. Yeah. Like unbelievable. So I got thrown in the mix with them and then they asked me to be a partner. And then Bob's your uncle. You know, yes. we're still here. I, mean, I didn't. I've been following, you know, we're friends, but I mean, we haven't hung out in a long time. And uh, mm. seeing everything you post on, you know, Facebook or Internet, um, I didn't know this deep UFO fascination <laughs> that you had. I, I mean, it's it's exciting. You know, yeah. our logo for Hover is a UFO, which we talked about, you know, a little bit when you guys first got here. But tell me more about this whole oh, UFO world of Chrissy. Well, some people I know. <laughs> Marie found out in like our first episode of All Pop Repeat, she found out how much oh, it was a UFO we, now. We were, when we went for supper. Yes. Before oh, we... Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Good point. Forgot about that. Supper? Um, dinner. Dinner. It, it depends. We can get into why some people say supper. <laughs> I say and supper some too. People okay. Say dinner. But okay. Uh, so okay, so, I'd, I'd be interested in that. Yeah, you need to have your supper. We're gonna have some some UFO, and then after <laughs> that, we'll have some dessert, and we'll talk about the cultural reason why people say supper versus dinner. Right. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into it. Know it's some Marie's pop culture moment. <laughs> actually, actually, actually. Um, so how it worked was my dad. I was into UFOs my entire life. So people that have known me, like I have this high school picture. That I should actually send. Sorry, not even high school. It's elementary school where I have like an alien on my shirt and it's like picture day. So I have that. I haven't posted on social yet, but um, I've been into UFOs my entire life because my dad had a UFO sighting with a group of people up north and uh, just north of Toronto. And long story short, he took a picture of it. He showed me that photo and I loved it. I always say like it lit everything inside of me. So my dad has always had this fascination because he had an experience. So it was connected to me since I was like six years old. And then I've just grown in it. And then what happened was, I remember when Marie was like, who's all these people you guys were talking about when we would podcast about it? Or I would talk about it with somebody who's in the counterculture. The irony of it all is Marie and I have a, I have a podcast about counterculture and I'm actually like in one now, like fully. <laughs> you know, like I live in it now. <laughs> but so. you're the best at it. Like that's the thing is like, <laughs> you know so much about it in a way that is not only do you love it and you're yeah. curious about it, but you know the names, you know the events, you know all the watershed moments and you make it so much so much fun to hear about. And yeah. there's not a lot of people and there's not a lot of women that are no. are in that space. Mm. I'm really like one of the only ones. I imagine you know, it's my definitely age. male dominated. It is. But here's the crazy thing is like now I've been doing PR within it too. So like I work with the debrief and so I do their PR but also podcast with them. And so I also then have been like working with scientists like Jack Valet and like have been working with media like from Politico like Brian Bender or like Gaddy. Like I just had my first breaking news story come out on NBC uh, about a UFO story yeah, that I was covering with Ben Hansen from Discovery Channel. Um, that was brought to me. And like then, you know, uh, myself and one of my partners, Micah Hanks, wrote a piece on it. And then uh, Gaddy from I pitched it to Gaddy Schwartz at NBC, which we've become really close. So it's it's just crazy because you'd be surprised when you go to like these conventions and you sit, you're sitting with people that are like from CNN. You're sitting with all these people that are like, love UFOs, yeah. you know, and, and you're group. like, I remember saying it was like sitting beside Brian Benner and like one of the guys from CNN. And I'm like, where where are we? <laughs> Arizona. I know we're in Arizona, Arizona and like at this, you know, at the Sheridan. You know, we're all like we're all I know, we're all we're all like you know, you know, it's so weird. 
And sometimes I laugh because I'm like, did you have to get out of the space by six o'clock so they could set up for a wedding? Oh, God. They actually didn't have a cash bar, though. But anyway, um, it's so long. Or sorry, they didn't have a there was only a cash. Sorry, it was only a cash bar. So they only had a cash bar. It wasn't anyway. Wasn't a cash bar. It, sorry, it was only a cash bar, and I couldn't use a credit card. That's it. Anyway, edit that out. <laughs> long story short, or keep it in. Uh, long story short, I'm sitting with all these people, and I'm like, "Who are you? like? This is so wild that like all of us come from all these different areas that are like, you know, you have PhDs. We have people from like PNG here from New York, and I'm yeah. like, what the hell? And you just there is this wonderful thing because UFOs brought us all together, and we're all researching it. You know, Brian Bender's. You know, working with people that and he's a massive journalist that does a, a wonderful articles with Politico. And then I'm sitting here like going to dinner with like former people from the Pentagon. Like, who the, you know, I'm a girl like, you know, yeah. you know Cambridge, Ontario. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. down the street where I, I grew up on a bloody dirt road. Why am I sitting with the former intel? Or like texting with Christopher Mellon. This is insane. I'm like, he's part of his intelligence with the Bush of Clinton administration. And I'm like, who? what is happening with my life right now? It's and it's all because of UFO. Yeah, you know. But that's it's so wild. You but know cool about UFOs. It any day. I do. I know. But it, the thing is, because I've become like, I'm one of the, I'm only one of the only PR people in this space too, and I'm a woman, so like there's a lot of doors that just opened, and like I love the topic, I, I innately do, and I've been studying it since I've been a little kid. Not compared to Micah Hanks, who's probably going to watch this because he's a, a damn I encyclopedia. Mean. I think I think <laughs> that you but, offer something really special in the space yeah, that you. no no that. one else brings, and it's really it's just fun to talk to you about aliens because or UFOs or UAPs or crop circles or multi dimensional. That's a you. It's a new term for UFO, oh. unidentified aerial phenomenon. Now, oh, yeah, we got a, new, yeah, it's a new form. So, long story yeah. short, it's just that's been a good a, one. That's yeah. a good, yeah, and I dare, yeah, yeah, an aerial phenomenon. Yeah, it's now so that's a new much, term. So, in your experience, how much of UFO sightings are defense related? Stuff? That's a great question. So, we well, tens. Some we think could be foreign adversaries, and if they are, then we have a we have a way worse problem than just UFOs and not being able to identify them. So, what does that mean? Foreign a foreign adversary could be like China or Russia. Oh, okay, and so somebody that's coming in, if they have better tech than North America, it's an extreme threat to us, to Canada and to the States, because you're having China coming in and coming into our airspace. Another country. Let's let's be kind. Like, let's not blame and it on because we don't know. Oh, China, Russia, North Korea. But could they be can have satellites above yeah, the U.S. anyway. Well, it could be any foreign adversary, right? It doesn't matter. I just named a few, but it could what be any. What would they need to yeah. get that low for? Pardon? What would they need to get that low Spying. for? But they can yeah. spy from a satellite. They could technically, but it also we don't know what they're doing. That's the whole point of being a foreign adversary and spying on us. We don't know what kind of intel they're looking for. You know, it's crazy because I've sat with... <laughs> just, tap I don't phone. know what they're going to find, well, but it's not here's, much just going to just learn. They do, like, like, foreign adversaries, please. Do, there's so no much more else that, they can, that they could do. For sure, we have, like, China has satellite killers where they attach onto other satellites now in ours. And then they attach them and then become one. And it becomes in, in theirs. one of the bonds from like the it's 80s. Tr- it's happening now. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I bet. Yeah. And so there's all this stuff that goes Space around. Space Force. It was Space Force. Which yeah. you basically need if that's what's happening. You do. <laughs> and there, right now that conversation with sport, if Space Force is interesting because it's not just like it's like we're having galactic Star Wars. It's just like what is out there and yeah, what is foreign adversaries doing and what's going on outside of our own planet. It gets wild. When I've sat with some people from defense and I get to ask them questions about like when they've worked in the Pentagon and Intel and Intel and the intellectual community, 
You know, I'm like, what are what's the stuff that you guys are doing that are disinformation campaigns? And, you know, they'll they tell me because some of the stuff is obviously unclassified. So you can chat about it. But the stuff that they do is really wild. And we do it, too, just as much as foreign adversaries do different disinformation campaigns on other countries. We do it as well. I don't know so much about Canada, but I'll say the States does for sure. So trust me, it's been an interesting road for the past couple of years. Thank you, COVID, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Look, I don't know. It's the only great thing that came out of it for me, minus Marie and I podcasting like crazy women. Yeah. Yeah. I think think the one thing that comes out of this is that there is a lot of questions that still need answers. And on top of it all, that there, if there, it is foreign adversaries, then the world is much more, in, it's, um, I want to say insightful, like not insightful as in ins- it's very insightful, but it's, they're inciting, they're trying to incite and that they're, the world is kind of like, we're all kind of at odds with each other. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, is this why elderly people get so cynical? <laughs> <laughs> they've been through it. But it's never been in harmony. No, I guess Well, not. I would say we finally, like we have war now, but before that, before what's happening in the Ukraine, we, had, we haven't had war. It was a very long time before that. It was the most peaceful time that we had before the Ukraine yeah. started, really. So, well, yeah. and that yeah. might be due to social media. I don't know. But this is the first well, world war connected that we're watching that on place. social. But behind yeah. the scenes, you've got total turmoil i imagine oh. disagreement and all sorts of you just uh, look at friction it's just anybody is either biding their time or yeah. moving forward on what they want to on their agenda well, it's like they yeah. pick their pockets to move forward on their agenda and sometimes you have a pocket that's more appealing than others yeah you know it's I, true yeah and it also depends on you know who's making the first moves you know we look at like, we don't even have to go get into all the foreign adversary talk, but you look at what's happening in the Ukraine and you wonder, is China going to make the next move, right? Are they the ones that are, are they going to attack Thailand? Well, I mean, it or, seems um, like gosh, it's in yeah. Taiwan. It seems like based Taiwan. on the response to Ukraine, that it's a pretty opportune time to make the move. I mean, well, you know, but it, the question it doesn't is, seem like that response you know, do is they? Such a, then what happens if they do? So, oh, the, exactly. I bet you they're feeling pretty good that not a lot's going to happen. Well, you never know. And then right. the question is, if, you know, when I was talking to someone on Intel about this, Lou Elizondo, we had a, I had an interview with him about it. And I said, what happens then outside of this UFO talk? Because China actually has a UFO office, too, This, which is insane. Well, I know everyone is starting all these UFO offices. Even Canada will probably have yes, one at some point. Yes, they all would. Yeah. But they were saying that, you know, what might happen is that if um, if China does invade, then Australia might come next and then we might all go. Like it's a- Australia's crazy. Don't mess with oh, it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you it's know, a, if the dominoes. I mean, if if it's if, crazy. if if a if a superpower that has ambitions to take over many countries is yeah. no, it goes unchecked, you've got problems, right? Yeah. So and and a superpower who wants to take over countries, in, in you just have to look at recent history. You know those individuals. Uh, they want to take over as much as they can quickly. For sure. Yeah. Most so co- you got to, you got to, countries do. You got to make sure that you've got some type of force, you know, com- you know, fighting that. Yeah. Um. So look, it's. Well, and this is the first time ever that we've been able to like watch war. It's, they're calling it World War Connected, you know, which I think is insane. Oh, that's an interesting term. Yeah. Like you can go and you can literally, like we were talking about this on the phone the one time because yeah. I've heard other people were saying, hey, you know, on Snapchat, and I was like, I haven't really gone and like looked at the map to see what everyone was snapping. And I was on the phone yeah. with Marie and I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's like finally yeah. decided to like zoom in on the map. 
And then I was looking on Iran. I was like, what's going on? And like just finding in those pockets. But literally because of Tim McMillan at the debrief is the defense writer for us. And he's unbelievable when it comes to reporting for Ukraine about the Ukraine conflict. So I get to hear firsthand from him in our Discord chat group in our newsroom. But the stuff that he posts, please follow him on Instagram. People are uh, follow Tim McMillan because he'll post live stuff like that bridge that blew up um, in the Ukraine. That was like Tim had that as a snapshot, like instantly. He had when like um, other I think bases or other things were getting attacked. Like he knows because he's been watching so closely and they're giving him intel as a journalist as well. So he's getting all this firsthand material that we would never, ever get or anybody, any journalist would ever get ever. Uh, so it's it's wild to watch on the other end. Do you ever think it's crazy that look at look at what we have access to right now, that if this was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the concept of building your own media brand in your own um, broadcast. Yeah. In your in your backyard is impossible. Would have been impossible. Yeah. And yet look how powerful it is, is that you are creating this, working with incredible people and putting out really interesting content that is inspiring people to think about the world in new and different ways. It's wild with like like our team literally consists of like Germany, Long Beach, California, Toronto, Manitoba, um, uh, North Carolina. That's where all of us live. And then we have contributors from all over the world that work for us, too, and contribute mm. to the, the outlet. So it's it's wild. And then you're getting tip offs, too. You know, that's the other thing, too, where you people are like, hey, we want to you know, do, do more investigative journalism. So I've been learning so much more about investigative investigative journalism from Tim, too, who's a former cop as well. And then other just really wonderful journalists. So I get to watch them play in this space and then I get asked questions. And then I've been able to break my own stories because I've watched them and then been like, OK, this is how you guys go do it. And then I'll go mm. do it my way. Which is has a little yeah. bit of a PR spin to it too, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's totally it's a really crazy, crazy space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you can if you're not careful, you'll stumble on a story that you're afraid to break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's you been know? a couple times that's happened. I'm filming a piece in Utah right now in the Uinta Basin, and there's a couple pieces in there that I've met through the community and that I've been called about and been like, "Hey, you should go look at this." Um, and I'm a little bit weary to report on it because, A, I have to do my due diligence and I have to triple check to make sure you usually do about three to four checks to make sure it's like factual. But long story short, it's not a, you know, you, you don't want to screw up anyone's life and you also no. don't want to say false information, right? No, you so, don't want to say not. the wrong thing or you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to like get anyone, you know, the thing with the internet culture now is you say the wrong thing and it's like, boom, people are on you. Like you have to make sure that the information that you report is factual yeah. and that you can back it up. Because if someone comes for you, that's like a horrible thing to deal with on the internet, you know? Yeah, no thanks. I'm not. I'm wanna, not. No way. I don't want to. Cancel culture is real. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. We we don't want to do anything to be canceled. No. no. But the don't roots of cancel culture. <laughs> like I, I yeah. think cancel culture is really interesting because of the way that it's being used right now is where it came from though is is a it's a really important piece of protest that was really only isolated to the black community in the United States. So as they were moving through civil rights and they had there's whole communities of individuals that didn't have the power of getting their story told in the media or didn't have the power to have their their voices heard outside of their communities, the only thing they had power to do was to boycott brands to work as a community to to cancel so if somebody said something that was 
um, not helpful or it was harmful to their community, they just disowned them entirely. And that was like an act of power. It was an act of protest. It was something that enabled a community that was marginalized to have some sort of power in a world that was revoking it from them. So then it's like, as time goes on, there was like the first time it popped up on Twitter had to do with like basketball wives. And that was the whole thing. But how it's being used right now is as a form of mass control, as opposed to a form of mass protest. Because I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate. You know, we get to a point of political correctness and then we get into virtual signaling where you get the masses that is far left and far right because we have both. And, you know, try to I try to sit in the middle as much as possible. Right. Like in the old school days, try to sit as much as possible. I probably obviously lean more left than I would lean right. But I do feel that that anyway, it, this is not my political left point. leaning right handed. <laughs> but with that said, is you do get that far left that starts single. It's virtue signaling and screaming yeah. political correctness, political correctness. And then it's like, oh, no. And then you're like, I'm doing everything wrong. So you're questioning yourself. You're editing what you're saying. You're, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do something wrong. And that's really scary too on its own. And that well, happens with celebrity culture. It happens mm-hmm. with us individually as groups, as friends. Yeah. People start calling each other racist or they start doing things that you're like, hold on, don't label me when I'm not doing that because you're either virtue signaling yeah. or there is the case that the far left is making you feel that way. So you are so scared and you need to censor yourself. So you're censoring everybody around you. That's interesting. That's calling really scary. Someone, and, yeah. yeah, or someone calling you out. Because I remember um, someone had called me out because I hadn't spoken out about an issue mm-hmm. where it's like, hold on. Like, I already made a donation to the, chari- to the charity. I had done things behind the scenes and I have done things. Like, I don't have to, I just because I didn't shout it from the rooftops on my Instagram. But it's bullying. Yeah. And it was like, I, I'm not even friends with that person anymore because they were like, why have you posted this on Instagram? Why do you post maybe a black square or something? And it's like, you know what? Being the person living who I am off the Internet and being that person is more and doing actionable things off the Internet is more important than just posting something. Well, well there's, and it's, it becomes this competition. And then that's the virtue signal. Yeah, I, like, I know better than you do. Back. Right. I was like, stop and, bullying me because I haven't yeah. done what you consider. I was like, yeah. I have done other things. Well, and also it's affecting have, everybody's life. It's like you I'm have, allowed to make a stance, but I'm also allowed to have my own personal private life. You, as well. Yes. How your choice. Yeah. You're allowed to choose how you want to move in this world. We 100%. all do. We all have the same mm-hmm. freedom of of choice and the freedom of presenting ourselves. There is when we're talking about like virtue signaling, it seems like it's it's a very empty um, process where individuals are going forward and they're trying to enforce what they believe to be morally correct. Mm-hmm. So they're like, this is what I believe to be right. You are wrong. I'm going to call you out on it. Where I would love to challenge everybody that tunes into the show is to do what I call, like, again, what we all say is do the work, is to really understand the theory behind why those words are harmful. Understand the theory behind why some of these actions like cancel culture is either good or bad. Like, understand why, because this is where you can start deconstructing within yourself and appropriately respond because we have to start moving away from emotional responding to things because we are putting out so much content. And That's a know, solid point, Marie, because we've had this happen on Twitter. We what? had this conversation once where Jeremy Corbell, we were all in a Twitter conversation and I was camping and I didn't have my phone with me. Well, I did, but I just have a uh, signal. So I came back and I was like, what is going on? Like yeah. everything blew up. And I was like, what's happening? And so people were making comments and someone made a comment. I'm not going to use it, but they were using a derogatory comment toward the LGBT community as Marie took it. But I read it and I was like, this guy's just using 
like the mm. F word because he feels that he's just like throwing it out there. Yeah. But here's the thing is Marie's like, no, 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 no. Get me off this feed. Get me off this feed. And I remember we talked on the phone and I was like, honey, don't let him cancel us. You're just smarter than he is. Yeah. And, and she's like, what? And I was like, he has no idea where that root stems, where that word stems from. What is that root? You do because yeah. you're smart that way. But you also study it and you care. And you show that and you reflect it in the way that you move in the world. Yeah, you're going to have people use words um, sort of because they have a different relationship to that word than other people mm -hmm. like spaz. OK, she's using spaz just like, you know, um, I used to get just off the cuff. The she doesn't realize it's <laughs> we all did. right. But she's not canceled for, for sure. That. She handled it appropriately. All I can say is if we want to take a look at examples of appropriate ways to handle when the public is uncomfortable with something, it's not about being dismissive. And this is something I think for brands, it's really important. I do a lot of. Um, well, you don't if you're if you're the type of person that doesn't want to hurt people. Yeah. Then you'll handle it in those ways. She's yeah. not writing this song with the intention to hurt people. No. So. It's, She'll handle it in that way. And sometimes and I think that that's the appropriate way to handle it. If you're somebody out there who's not trying to hurt people. But I mean, ultimately should not be a bully, though, either. You know, just, you, you know, no, I, but the thing is, though, um, someone who's sensitive, who has the power of these platforms, that's what happens. There and is, I don't think that you're going to influence that sensitive person who has that power all of a sudden when they haven't had power. You're going to have that one or two or whatever amount of people, unfortunately. Yeah, you will. I think you always have. You know, I think you think you can say anything and it will offend somebody at some point in time. You know, I probably offended multiple people. I don't even know I'm offending them, you know, right. and not trying yeah. to. No, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And that's why, like, we say this on the show um, where, like, we've said this a few times when we've interviewed people saying, look, like, correct us if we're wrong. Because we're coming into this totally. with our own set of beliefs. Again, like, growing up in Canada means that we were raised with certain belief structures from our parents, from society, from the government, from Western culture, you name it. And we're armed with that when we move in the world. That affects us, the way that we see everything, whether we're aware of it or not. And so if we say something or we ask a question that is inappropriate, please correct us because we're open to changing. That's a part of our journey. Yeah. And, and that allows us to get into some really incredible conversations with with celebrities that we wouldn't necessarily have. I mean, you know, God rest his soul, Coolio. I know. Let's not forget coaching, no counseling Coolio, Coolio in we the episode. We did cancel him. We, we didn't cancel we him. Did. We canceled him. I, did I say cancel? Oh, oh it's not cancel. No, big we, difference. Big no, difference. we did I say cancel? Yeah, we can't. We oh counseled God, him. Canceled. Thank you. <laughs> counseled. God, I can't even say it. How? How? We're therapists to Coolio. Yeah, exactly. So we it's were. it's it like we, it's a good. He had a moment where he just let everything go. And we're like, wow. wow we God, obviously didn't watch, listen to that. Yeah, yeah, we didn't keep all of it, but we still like we have the full tape of it. But we obviously used like a thirty minute snip of like at least an hour and a half conversation yeah. with him. But he was talking about. Who's the one artist that he was working CeeLo. with? CeeLo. CeeLo and how CeeLo hurt him so much and like their friendship and like just he went through like you could see the ups, the ups and downs of his career and where people just stopped talking to him because they didn't think yeah. he was cool anymore. Coolio wasn't cool anymore. It's it's a disarming yeah. it's a disarming tactic when you come into it as a blank slate. I'm everything and nothing and I'm willing to sit here and just be audience to whatever it is that you bring. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to learn and I'm here to share your message with others. And I think it's a really powerful place to sit. So when Coolio was going through, like we we were chatting with him and it was a very like rigid interview for a spell. And then we got, I can't remember what the line of questioning was, but we just tag teamed and we got to a point where he just spilled his entire heart out. 
And we let him go. And then afterwards, we're like, okay, we're going to take a second. And we're just going to acknowledge that w- what you just shared with us. And we're going to talk about how right now you've got two super fans who loved you since yeah. we were little. And we're here talking with you right now. And we're here for everything. And then he started sharing stories about how he was one of the first hip hop artists to play in the Middle East and telling about the experiences of having rooms that were segregated, half men, half women, and what the experience wow. was him as an artist. And we ran into these really wonderful places, which hopefully one day we'll be able to share those yeah. those interviews in full whenever, maybe when we were live with um, Big Comedy Network yeah. in the new year. But um, there's some also great resources online to take a look at that I, I think it's great. I think trying to deconstruct your internalized systemic racism and colonialism, I think, is a joyful process that we all should participate in. And there's some incredible sources. There's um, an ableist and a dictionary where you can go through. And if there's language that you're unsure about, it will tell you. It will tell you the roots on it, why it's harmful. I think it's, I try and advise that to many of the the corporations that I'm working with because it's, it's helpful because sometimes everyone's like, is this bad? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. You have to teach people. You have to teach yeah. people. And there's some really interesting history of behind or etymology behind the words that we use that we don't take, we just completely take for granted. So, I mean, I'll leave that for people's discovery. Um, there's also some really great, um, I'm trying to remember his name, Alec. Uh, where are you? He is a non-binary. There's um, a really incredible author um, and, and speaker, and his name is Alec uh, Manon. I think is his name, last name. And he is an, a non-binary, just a pundit, and he's incredibly well-spoken, really, really wonderful to just um, really learn about mm. some of these things. And I, I think it's so relevant. It, it, he, he really challenges some systems that we, we have come to really accept to be true. And that's kind of like these days, I'm doing a lot of that because I feel like we as a society are there. But to see how we have changed throughout history to get to this point, I think is really inspiring. So yes, I think we definitely need to talk about how we got to push out this pus where it's like the all of the right wing, really hardcore people that have no interest in changing are really trying to impact others. Yeah, that's a problem. We, but we need to look at it. We need to see that before we can actually change society and change the way that things are. Um, well, look, society has problems with radicals. Yeah. You're not going to be, you're not going to have a great dinner with a radical, no matter what you're dealing with. No, okay? you're not. So, yeah, radicals I mean, who are knows? problems. You might, yeah. you might. Yeah. They've always been a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, who, what, are we having a meeting Bart now? Simpson radical. Without a, <laughs> a radical dude, don't have a cow, exactly. man. <laughs> Does Bart Simpson still say don't have a cow? No. I really I think, think he so. should fix it out. They should I don't have think a, that's appropriate anymore. I don't, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's probably not. I know. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was a kid. I wasn't either. What? Yeah. No, I never, I still... Like, I, I haven't watched anything that's, like, that kind of humor. Like, I'm not into it, and I wasn't allowed to watch it. How yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but then when I started getting into high school, then I was like, okay, you can watch it. But I was not allowed to watch any of that stuff as a kid. I wasn't allowed age. to watch Degrassi. Really? Yeah. I was an extra on Degrassi. Really? Degrassi Next Generation? Yeah. Nice. Oh, no bags. No bags. I'm sorry. Did you meet Drake? No. Was that- I was a um, lesbian at the bar. <laughs> 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 sure. Was that... 
Are you in the credits as lesbian at the bar? <laughs> oh, I <laughs> wish. Are you in the, so, you're, you're in the credits, yeah, though. Well, me and my sister were extras. Yeah, we spent a summer doing background. They're like yeah, women at the bar. Yeah. I, I, it says in the credits. I'll find it. Lesbian at the bar. <laughs> I mean, that's also Please. probably not appropriate to call I, that. But I mean, that was my role. I mean, very empowering women from yeah, the Isle of I mean, Lesbos. I mean, I there's. I love it. I'm not happy about it. I, I there's nothing wrong with it. Empower, it's empowering. I'm empowered. You know, and <laughs> so what else, wanna, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, right I'm sure that there. we could talk for about three and a half we hours. Could, no we problem. We never I talked know. about the supper and dinner difference. I no, think that people are going to have to look that one up for themselves. Absolutely. Well, thank yeah. you both for joining us. This yes, was awesome. Thank so you much. A pleasure. This episode yeah. is spicy. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, we got no, to do some mean, big stuff. Good, like, I mean, a, like a yeah. good spicy. It was a it was a full meal. Yeah, you gotta you gotta I taste you were gonna of everything. Say it's a full moon. I like kind of have that vibe too. <laughs> Probably is. These are. I think it's important conversation. Yeah. If there's one thing that we were able to accomplish in it is we were able to have a really big conversation and share some really important points of view and like show people that you can have like a conversation about it that's non-emotional, yeah. but really get to a place where you're just like, you know what? Yeah. We 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 got to do better, guys. We yeah, got to do better. All do better. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you Beautiful. so much for being Thank here. You. Uh, I love you. <laughs> we love you too thanks for tuning in to this episode with Chrissy and Marie check out their podcast at altpoprepeat.com and find more episodes of our podcast at castingcreators.com subscribe on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform <laughs>